Blog Talk Radio. and it's Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery, and it is Inauguration Day. It is January 20th, 2021. Aren't we glad to say that, 21, 2021. Thank God that year is behind us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And thank God we can move forward. The inauguration happens. There was a peaceful transfer of power. And let me get a little sip of water here. And we are going to tear up the the big book again. And we are going to take on into action. I might take a peek at Chapter 5 and see if there's anything else worth uh, tearing up in there. We tore up how it works, you know, like what gets read at the meetings. And the reason I'm doing this is to just point out the lies that are spread. And it's kind of wild to just think that this thing that is called a program, you know, I mean, looking back, I, I, I can really remember even when I was very new and I said, like, what is this? And they were like, well, this is the steps. And I was like, okay, and what do you do with them? Um, oh, you have to take the steps. And I remember looking at them and going, well, what does that mean? I wasn't powerless over alcohol because I quit drinking on my own at like 18. Uh, and people are like, well, it's kind of young to quit. Like, when did you start? You know, like maybe, you know, uh, four years prior. Mm. How old would that be? 14. I think I had some drinks earlier than that, but that's not the issue. And my story is not the, not the topic of tonight. But anyway, if you want to call in, it's 818 818- Four seven five ninety two eleven eight one eight four seventy five ninety two eleven and uh you know I think uh there's some really interesting topics out there, but I really hope they get to rest uh, like when people you know express their opinions um just just a hardcore um hardcore uh cancel culture uh it's, it's pretty disturbing, very, very disturbing to me. Um, I became a grandmother like five weeks ago. That's exciting. Little Mason, my son Michael, had a baby. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty wonderful out there. All righty. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Here we go. And um, my friend Jacqueline can't call in. So we're just going to start. Now, we did the part that gets read in Chapter 5, uh, and then we jumped around because um, Jacqueline started talking about the – was it the prom- – no, maybe Heather. Heather might have called in and talked about the promises. Uh, but I'm just going to quickly talk about this. So this is on page 60. Um, the first – being con- no, let's go back right before that. Being convinced we are at Step 3, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him. Well, just what do we mean by that? Now, I want to say that looking back, 
I was raised a Catholic, and I was raised that I had free will, and that um, God was not a, um, a master puppet, and I wasn't a marionette. So um, I don't know how that like seeped in and ever became okay to me, but I do remember older people, like people that were like you know 20 years older, and there was a lot of looking back the the, the thread that links communism. Uh, and Marxism, and but, but I know more about communism to AA, and that we only the we are important. The individual does not matter. Is what every cult has in it, and it's what communism has in it. Okay, so I think all that is horseshit. I just I hate it. It's got horseshit. Okay, but when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, to turn our will, and they were like, well, you mean you know what what we mean, Monica, is you just. You know, you're sort of taking it, you're giving to God, and then you're taking it back. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I, I really remember that. Um, the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we are almost always in collision with somebody or something. Let's go back to self-will. So, you know, will willpower and the ego, but especially that you had, you know, a good self will um, was something that was considered to be good and strong when our country was like more more old-fashioned or normal before cults before communism crept in before these you know aa wasn't the first cult like the oxford groups were were a predecessor right but he you know frank buckman if you don't know this loved hitler he loved the idea and that's why AA had to splinter itself away. Those guys actually got sober through the Oxford group and the Oxford, you know, five steps. And uh, we're not going to go into that now because I'm going to do um, a show on the history. But, um, oh, somebody just jumped in here. Um, Kadrima. Uh, okay. Uh, hi there. Um, welcome to the show. All right. So here we go on. And, and so um, even though our motives are good, most people who try to live by self-propulsion. So what are you supposed to live by? Like jet propulsion? You're supposed to live by, you know, this whole thing of like asking God what you should do. It's very strange to me. I mean, as a Catholic, you prayed, but, you know, you didn't pray in the morning like what I should do and how I should be guided. And that's kind of really what happens in AA. Um, it, maybe there's other like Christian religions or those, you know, crazy um, ministers that rambled around uh, the United States in those covered wagons uh, that had preachers who weren't really preachers. They were not Catholics. I don't, they weren't Lutherans. But, you know, they had these, you know, they would get up and, you know, give their speeches and from the wagon, and then people would share their their dirty deeds, and they would be, you know, forgiven because they shared their shit with everybody out in the open loudly, which is also horseshit. But um, very, very strange thinking. Um, each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show. No, everybody doesn't want to run a whole show. Okay, that's not true. Um, and then there's, like, stupid um, language here. Um, you know, they talk about being a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can rest satisfaction and happiness out of his world if he only manages it well? Um, it, our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. And, oh, my God, it's just its so poorly written. I'm going to go on. Selfishness and self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles. Okay, so this is one of the things that um, the alcohol business loved after Prohibition, and it ended in 33, and so booze was flowing like, you know, like the river or the ocean, and uh, now AA was going to blame you. It was going to be all of our fault. Uh, that You're selfish and self-centered, and that's why you have a drinking problem, not because demon rum is the problem, right? That's what AA says on page 62 driven by a hundred forms of fear and self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. You know, that is just so mind-fucking. It just is. Like, even if you are that way, like, that's a long list. I mean, I think Bill Wilson was that way. Um, 
uh, and this is a really, really, really bad statement that I really latched on to that I think really hurt myself. Maybe people who are in abusive relationships can relate to this. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self which later placed us in the position to be hurt. So you are always the one. You are the one who created, uh, you know, whatever was going to happen that this person fucked you over, but you made some decision based on self, which later placed you in the position to be hurt. And I swear to God, I would say this in meetings like over and over. If I got fucked over, I would try to find, like, where did I somehow make that error, which is just fucking nuts. Okay, it's just fucking nuts. Um, we have to have God's help. Um, oh, no, no, I'm going to go back. Sorry, sorry. Um, our troubles, we think, are on a, of our own making. Above everything, we alcoholics must be, must be rid of selfishness. Wow. <laughs> we must, we must, or it kills us. But God made that possible. It's almost like you could see one of those, you know, crazy old movies with, uh, you know, um, Oh, my God, what's his name? Kevin, I know he's not listening tonight. Um, what is it, uh, Charlton Heston, you know, where it's like, nine times by the law, you know, we must or it kills us, God makes that possible. And often there seems to be no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Oh, so I'm going to, I want to entirely get rid of self? Wow. You know how many times I've done this show where I have ripped up the big book? I think I've done it about eight times over the nine years that I've had this show. And I swear to God, this one line, the way it's jumping at me right now, is is really, you know, it's just maddening. All right, so we must or it kills us. That's a lie. God makes that possible. No, he will not. I mean, some people, they find God and they're Christian and they're reborn or whatever, and uh, things happen, and that's great, but that's, like, not for everybody. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self. Yeah, because there's no way of entirely getting rid of self unless you completely become brainwashed and join a cult, whether it's Scientology or AA, the mini cult, or, uh, you know, there's other cults out there. You could watch Netflix and just there's a ton of movies about them. And thank God there's lots of limited series that really have exposed cults. The Nexium cult, oh, my God, that was out this year. I watched it a few months ago. Unbelievable. You can't entirely get rid of self because without it, we wouldn't exist. And then, I mean, we're we talking about becoming a monk or something. So serious lies right there. Um, many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. All right. Um, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing it or trying on our own power. Okay, so we can't use our own power. We have to have God's help. Okay, so this is like heavy, heavy religious. I mean, it's not even religious. It's heavy cultish, really. That's how I see it now. This is how and the why of it. First of all, um, we had to quit playing God. Well, I didn't know we were playing God. It didn't work. So just being a person and going through your life, they're calling that playing God. Now, if we were to count how many times they put God, which we did do in the movie, it's a ridiculous amount. It's like so many. I can't remember. It's like 540 times or something. I think it's like under 600 times they mentioned God in the first part of the big book. Okay. Um, God is going, going to be our director. He's the principal. We are his agents. He is a father, and we are his children. Oh, okay, setting us up for sponsors and sponsees. And we're going to do a show about that. Wow, this is really a bunch of crap. Now we're on page 63. Um, we had a new employer. That's God. Okay. Uh, let's see. You know, I know people who took this literally. I swear to God, they would sit in meetings and say every morning they pray. and You know, they're going to see what happens. Okay, step three. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as well. So I can relieve me of the bondage of self. You know, I used to say this on a daily basis. I did. Brainwashed. Oh. Oh, my God, so brainwashed. Okay. Um, you know, they talk about taking the step with a spiritual person. I did not do that. Um, let's go to this part here. I have marked magical thinking. But it's better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. That's true. Um, the wording was, of course, quite optional. Um, now we launched on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is personal house cleaning. Okay. 
um, which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was vital and a crucial step, it would have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Boy, that's quite a mindfuck there. You know, and if you think about Bill Wilson and all the things that Bill, um, you know, um, that Bill never changed about, I heard that he was very, very lazy. I did a tour of Three Stepping Stones, and even the tour guide said he was an extremely lazy guy. Um, okay. Um, you know, I don't even think I want to go uh, through all of this one by one. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. No, it doesn't. Um, probably the addiction to alcohol does. Uh, now, look, you know, hanging on to stuff and, and like, keep it, uh, holding a grudge and not working through stuff, you know, is problematic. And people who have serious, you know, anger in that, it would be good to see a therapist. You know, that would be good. Um, I think that, um, I'm just reading here, the part about though our decision was a vital and crucial step, and we would have little permanent effect unless we once followed it by a strenuous effort to, and be free of, um, you should see this book, it's like falling apart, um, things in ourselves which had been blocking us. All right, so depending on how old one was when they got, you know, in air quotes, sober, a style in AA. Um, if you're like turning 18 like I was, you know you have probably you know some you know new habits you could learn, and then you have very few bad ones. But if you're like 40, 45, which most people who joined AA were, you know that age, uh, you know it's it's just bizarre. Um, it goes on. I remember the first time I saw page 65, which was how to do an inventory and. I am resentful at Mr. Brown. And I was like, what? What? Like, this is really simple. Like, you want me to just put somebody's name and then this? And they were like, well, yeah, we, we know you're young, but... And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Um, now, moving on. Um, to conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse. Um, and then we were sore at ourselves but the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. Now, I do think people who have really, really serious drinking problems, and I've known a few um, very well, I've known them very well, and, and they were very close to me, that um, it's very complicated. And um, the level, if, if somebody is drinking like morning, noon, and night, um, hard alcohol or whatever it is you're drinking, um, or if you were using drugs, that uh, people's, you know, really do get, um, I don't know what the word is, but uh, like twisted and say things they don't mean and say horrific things. And um, people feel very bad, you know, they feel very bad um, about what they do. Um, so I think we need a better way than this, like, pray the gay away, as I call it, pray the drink away. Um, um, but with the alcoholic, whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, the business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal, fatal, oh my fucking God, that's so stupid. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit, the insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. And with us, to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be for the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. Okay, now this is a paragraph that the government must have really loved when Howard Hughes brought it to other senators, or, you know, I think he was a senator and he brought it to them, that when they see like, oh, wow, you're not allowed to get angry, and, you know, um, we, um, it's infinitely grave, and that you must always be working on this, and it's fatal. Like, okay, you can't, you know, you just always have to be work, work, work on yourself. Um, and uh, if you harbor these feelings... You know, you block yourself up from the sunlight of the spirit. Oh, my God, the insanity of alcohol. And, oh, my God, you drink again. And then if you drink, you're going to die. And, uh, oh, my God. And, you know, I said some of this, that one line, oh, my God, I recited that so much. I shut myself on the sunlight of the spirit. And I did. I was like a fool. I was just brainwashed. 
before brainwashed, Monica. All right, but lucky I'm out now, all right, and I'm not brainwashed anymore, so it's possible if I can be unbrainwashed, so can you. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. Mm. I think the government must have liked that one, too. They may be dubious luxury of normal men. Mm. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, we turned back to the list and held the key to the future. Mm. We were prepared to look for it from an entirely different angle. We began to see the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, of others fancied or real, had power to actually kill. <laughs> how could we escape? We saw these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Um, this is like where you give, you know, the people, it's like, oh, well, they're sick too, and now you're sick, and you're, you know, you're just a sick friend, and... uh Oh, my God. How can I be helpful to him? Oh, God, save me from being angry. No, no. How about going doing some rage work or going to do therapy or, or doing some plant-based medicine, doing uh, – there's so many types of therapeutic, you know, help besides just talking – talk therapy to a therapist, right? There's EMDR. Uh, there's cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a slower process but very real. Hiring a professional who's not in AA, who doesn't believe in AA, and then you can do work, other kinds of work, as well as doing psilocybin with a um, a therapist. And that is being done, as far as I know, all over the country. John Hopkins um, has been doing uh, the study for years that it's curing depression, curing alcohol use disorder, and it's also being done here in Santa Monica. I heard it's really helpful for depression. Um, it's not for everybody, though. You know, I think it's for everybody. Notice that the word fear is bracketed alongside the difficulties with Mr. Brown and blah, 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 blah. Fear, 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 fear. Okay. Um, we reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them down on paper. Uh, why, why do we have these? Wasn't it because self-reliance filled us? Self-reliance was as good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Oh, my God, this is getting really boring. Um, we have to find an, an infinite God rather than our finite self, so we're like piece of shit, but, you know, we have to find some kind of God. Well, what about somebody who doesn't believe in a God like this or in a God? All right? Um, there's a lot of stuff about God. We're just going to go on. On page 69, are you kidding me? I remember when they showed this to me, I was like, this was on page 69 on purpose. Then we have the voices who cry for sex and more sex, who bewail the institution of marriage, who think that most of the troubles of the race are traceable to sex causes. Hmm. Uh, they think that we do not have enough of it and that it isn't the right kind. They see its significance everywhere. And then one school would allow man no flavor to fair, and then others would say, oh, my God, this is so bad. Okay, um, we all have sex problems. And then I wrote, Really? We'd hardly be human if we didn't. Okay, so everybody actually doesn't have sex problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's a lie. We reviewed our own con. Our, or, I'm sorry. We reviewed our own conduct over the years past, and once again, man, he just loves this. Um, yeah, I guess he was like selfish and dishonest and afraid. Where had we been selfish, dishonored, dishonest, or inconsiderate? Whom had we hurt? Did we unjust whatever? Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Where were we at fault? Okay, what should we have done instead? We got this all down paper. Oh, my God, they just wrote a book here. I mean, you'd be writing forever. I mean, I remember my first inventory was like 32 pages long. It was like so ridiculous. Okay, um, I think we're just going to – I, I want to I talk about the musts. Okay, there's so many musts which we've learned in cognitive – behavioral therapy and even in you know in mild mindfulness you know in using that i must do this and i must do that actually brings stress to people and it's not helpful um we must be willing to grow we must be willing to make amends we're done we must um you know they're telling you how to talk to god um god alone can judge our sex situations oh my god here's something where i wrote um uh here we go um, I wrote here, really? This is nuts. Let's see. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. We are not theorizing. These are the facts out of our experience. Now, here's another thing that the first couple of times that I did this tearing up of the book, 
that I realized in the history making. So you say they figure that you know AA got founded, um, they you know in 1935, and the book was published in 35, right? So he didn't start writing the book right away, right? So how long did he take to write the book? But imagine the first few years. So really, the um, the research and the data they collected could have only been for like two or three years. That's it. Just for two or three years. And then they wrote this book, and then all this data is like, this is fact, this is really the way it is, and I'm like, no, it's not. Right now we're on Chapter 6, Into Action. Again, I'm Monica Richardson. I am the filmmaker of The 13th Step. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it on Amazon Prime for free. It's also pretty inexpensive to rent on Vimeo for $1.99. You can also buy it there and own it. That version is a little bit longer. And if you are not on Amazon Prime, you can purchase it. I think you can rent it. Um, so we have just a few people in the chat today, tonight. And um, the call-in number is 818-475-9211. I know our person in the chat room is in Eastern Europe. Hello there. That's where some of my family relatives are from. Yep. Um, okay. Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator. You know, for people who, I mean, I, I would think that back in the 30s, you know, America was pretty Christian, and so maybe this wasn't uh, too hard to push on people, but I would say that, the you know, millennials, excuse me, are pretty, um, there's a lot of atheists. It's a growing religion. You know, it's a growing belief system, atheism. And so I'm sure this book is really a turnoff um, I remember in the last year that I was in AA, I uh, went to a nice women's meeting in Culver City. There were like 40 women that were there each week, and uh, one of the women that I knew pretty well said there was a new young woman came, and she said, I just can't handle the God stuff, and people got up, and you know, they're holding hands and saying the Lord's Prayer. And she's like, you see, look, look, and, you know, and she just like got up and left, and that was the end of it. Um the fifth step is when you read the fourth step. It's like a confession. If you're a Catholic, it's like a confession. And I think it's really dangerous now, the more I think about it. One would be better to go to your priest or rabbi and um, maybe talk to a therapist. And um, if you did anything illegal to leave that out, I don't, I don't really know all the laws. But anyway, you can figure that out. But it says here, if we skip this final step, we may not overcome drinking again. So... They're always kind of threatening that, you got to do this. You may not uncover it. Well, you better do that. You're gonna, oh, my God, you're going to drink and you're going to die. You know, it's a very like, oh, you know, maybe the world was that way in 1935. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, um, they never, <laughs> it's just, just trying to avoid this humbling experience. They have turned to easier methods. Well, what were they? Invariably. Um, they got drunk, is what he says here. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered where they fell. We think the reason is that they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory all right, but they hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egotism and fear. They only thought that they had humbled themselves, that they had not learned enough humility, fearlessness, and honesty. In a sense, we find it necessary until they told someone else all of their life story. Wow, what a lie. Okay, that is such a freaking lie. Look at that in context, all right, that, all right, you know, you, you, you take stock of yourself, which can also be really harmful, and then you have to tell it to a stranger. Let me just tell you something. There was this woman called Flaubert that the people that I met were all, you know, treating her like a guru, and some of them loved her very much, and I didn't like her at all. And they were like, well, you should do your fifth step with her. And I said, I don't know her. And I was like, well, you know what? La la la, whatever you know, guru, long gray hair, sitting in her med. I mean, looking back, it was so ridiculous. You know, I mean, I just think it's so ridiculous the way people idolized her, the way she was. Uh, um, very very strange, and uh, they only thought they had lost their egotism and fear. They only thought that they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility fearlessness and honesty in the sense we find it necessary okay uh you know i don't know i don't know about this at all 
you know. Um, talking about the alcoholic leaves a double life, I think Bill Wilson did. Um, psychologists are inclined to agree with us. Well, it's because you got into Harvard so 1940s because the doctors didn't want to deal with alcoholics or addicted persons. I don't like normally use that word, but I will right now. Um, you have to get every dark cranny of the past, it says here. We feel we're on a broad highway now, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. So here is very woo-woo, okay, very like woo-woo. I don't know what you want to say, like Ouija board for the 1930s, um, which he did use a Ouija board. Um, and then we talk about, you know, coming back home. Okay, I'm going to pass it all. Um, now we're on page, on step six and seven. Um, we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable, as we now ready to let God remove from us of all the things which he have admitted are objectionable. Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. That's Okay. When we're ready, we say something like this. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Wow. I think, I think I'm think i in some British, you know, silly movie right now. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. You know, it's so like... If we have a blah, 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 blah. When I first looked at steps six and seven, I was like, what? What am I supposed to do? Oh, you just be willing. Okay, I'm willing. Okay, and now you're going to remove what? That I'm impatient or that I'm cranky sometimes when I get hungry or this or that. And it's like I tried and I tried so hard. Oh, my God. I was like Miss AA trying to do it. You know, just perfectly, and there's no such thing. Um, oh, here. So, you know, do you ever watch a movie where there's somewhere in the movie there's a, a scene or a line that the actor, an actor says, or something happens, and you go, oh my God, this is why somebody made the movie. Like, this is why they made that film. And you, you don't really know that because you would only know that for sure if you were there for you know, the director talking or the writer talking about the movie, and you go, oh, yeah, like, that's what, what happened, you know. Um, when I made my film, it was because of the murder of Christine Saunders-Cass. And when I, I, I heard there were other murders, which were so sad, uh, that, but it was the one in Hawaii, and then there was also another young woman um, who her killer actually admitted fault and went to prison um, is doing time. I forget. Oh, Neely. Um, Megan Neely. Uh, was she from Michigan, I think? I'm trying to remember. I can see her face right now. I can definitely see his face because his face is in the movie. But there's a reason, and the book here it says, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It's very proselytizing, very proselytizing. Oh, my God. So we're just going to keep turning. It's um, going to keep going. And um, um, okay, on page 82, um, this is just underlined in pencil, so it might not be as important, but I think it's kind of leans home that you're never going to be done working on yourself, okay, guys? Like, if you're in AA, you're just going to be doing this forever, trying to be a better person, and, you know, really? I had, like, a pile of self-help books next to my bed when I went through my first divorce. And, um, you know, he didn't have any books next to him. I had all these books, and I was like, oh, which one should I read now? Okay, that's a good one. Okay, let me get in the... I was like, I even wrote a song about the self-help section of the bookstore. I don't know if I ever put that up on iTunes, if I did. Um, yeah, I'll give a plug I, for my music. I have some music on iTunes under Monica Richardson and um, Monica Burnett. I, di I just finished... Well, it's not finished, but I started before COVID to make another album of cover songs, 
like classic songs from like Diana Krall. And anyway, I'm going off on a way tangent here, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm all alone. Well, I have Kadream, Kadrima, Kadrima is listening. I don't know if she's still out there, but last week it was fun. We have a ton of people in the chat room, and we have a lot of people listening and calling in. Again, if you want to call in, it's 818-475-9211. I, when I made this show, I forgot that it was going to be inauguration night, so a lot of people are probably doing something else. Um, let's see. If we have no complication, there is plenty we should do at home. Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say that the only thing he needs to do is to keep sober. Certainly he must, there we go, and keep sober, for there will be no home if he doesn't. But he is yet a long way from making good to the wife or parents for whom he has so shockingly treated, passing all understanding is the patient's mothers and wives have held with alcoholics. Had this not been so, many of us would have no homes today, would perhaps be dead. The alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. Hearts are broken, sweet relationships are dead, affections have been unrooted, selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. We feel the man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. He, he is okay. I got to stop there. We know there's some truth to definitely somebody who is a full-blown heavy, heavy user to you know, you know, torching the home where they're living, whether it's you know the parents or the husband or wife. But you know, with Bill Wilson, he was never thrown away. She never threw his ass out. Never. And she, he was cheating on her left and right. He didn't work. She had a job. And all the tough love that eventually evolved. That's very, very bad, which has resulted in many, many young millennials dying because the parents have been told by AA members and um, Al-Anon people to throw their kids out. Like you know, this whole, and that really came from Scared Straight and Synanon. It didn't really come from AA. And oh, you try and call in via Skype. I don't, I don't know if there's a way to um, to call in through that. Um, you know, somebody. Did call last week from London and it came in as a one 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 number, but I don't see the Skype this time. Um, I don't know how you can do it. You know, if I do a Zoom, which uh, did it work? I mean, tried to call via Skype just to test. You know, um, if I, I've been thinking about doing a Zoom and we could record it or we could just and then I could um, put it up on YouTube. That would be fun. You know. Um, we'll keep trying. All right, so back to what I was saying. Um, oh yeah, about this whole thing about um behavior. Sometimes we hear an alcoholic. Well, when I went off on the tangent about how people throw their families out, and which is something that I would never do. And um, yeah, it's kind of like. That whole thing that you just are going to be working on yourselves. Like I know people with 30, 40, 35, 40 years, and they're like still working on themselves. And there's Kevin. He logged in. Hello there, Kevin. How you doing, man? How you doing on this inauguration night? Um, yeah, if you want to say something, you could text me. Uh, I don't know how else to um, know if you want to talk or not. But I was just talking about this whole thing, man, you missed it, that it's kind of like you, you just have to be forever working on yourself in this world. And one of the things I realized when I left that I was so over working on myself, like it's not like we can all use the brushing up of certain things, but it was, um, hey there, hey there, Kevin, Kevin, uh, hi there, baby. All right, so I'm doing into action. And I want to just keep on plowing through here. 818-475-9211. Um, you can't hear me anymore. Kadrima is saying, I don't know, she's she's like in Eastern Europe. That's amazing that she's hearing this live. She does want to call in, but we don't know how to do that. We're going to might have to do a Skype, uh, not a Skype, uh, a Zoom and record it. And then we could post it up. And my goal is to eventually to do YouTube lives, but that's different, right? You can't call into that. Yeah, that's very different. All right. Um, interaction is filled with so much God stuff. 
But um, the biggest thing, Kevin, that I found disturbing was that, you know, taking away our will, that we had to turn our life over to, like, God was of some kind of a puppet master and we're a bunch of marionettes. And as far as, you know, being raised a Catholic, um, I never was taught that. I was taught that I had free will and I made good and bad choices. And uh, so that I never got up in the morning and said, oh, gee, God, what should I do? Or what would you have me do, God? Like, you know, it's really weird. Uh, I'm really glad that I was raised with faith and religion. Um, But that was something I never did. And I'm really sorry that I lived uh, using some of these, I don't even want to call them tools, you know, of these brainwashing tactics, because eventually they make you crazy. They make you feel like you're a little rat and you're just running around a wheel over and over because people are people. And everybody has flaws, and they have pluses and minuses, and we can change some things with cognitive behavioral therapy. You can change things by taking medication. You can change things by doing ayahuasca. You can change yourself by doing psilocybin. Um, you could change yourself, again, I think I said this already, by you know taking some medication if you need it, um, CBT. Um, there's people who do like deep trauma work, which would help people. So moving on, um, it says here, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it, okay? Yeah, we got to live it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are half through. Okay, um, this is the promises that were being read in California, in Southern California. They were not read in Hawaii, where I uh, went to AA. And when I look back, and I, if you, you know, listen to one's language, when you talk about people entering a meeting or joining a a joining are you want to join like you know it's not like a card or a membership like if you joined a club or if you joined the rotary club or something and you know or you you put fifteen dollars down and now you're a member of the club like this is like really different if we are painstaking about this phase of our development we will be amazed before we are halfway through we are going to know a new freedom a new happiness and we will not regret the past i wish to shut the door in it now those are all lies like that's lies like that didn't happen to me like I felt euphoric when I quit drinking. I felt euphoric for like seven months, and then it was like crashing like I was coming down from LSD. We will not regret the past, hmm. nor wish to shut the door on it. Hmm. All right. We will comprehend the word serenity, yeah, sometimes, and we will know the word yeah, peace, yeah. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experiences can benefit others. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Um, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Of course it does when you help others. Um, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Well, I don't know if that really happens. Like, we're all interested in whatever life you want to, if, if you want to be, you know, you come here, or maybe I did to be an actor or to be a singer. If you, like, have goals in life, like, you know, why is that selfish? That if you want to do something, mm, so stupid. Self-seeking will slip away. I don't know where it'll be slipping away to, but um, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Yeah, it will happen when you stop drinking problematically. Um, the fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. No, it won't. No, it will not. You know, so I had a, a terrible stage fright that I had to get over, and I got over that by taking acting classes and voice lessons and becoming confident in that. And of economic insecurity is you get a job and you feel confident in the work that you do, okay, not by praying about it. We will intuitively know how to handle situations. We used to baffle us. Well, you know, I think I was intuitive when I was young, long before I ever joined Alcoholics Anonymous. And I think many, many people who are problematic alcohol and drug users are intuitive. I think, in fact, the whole world maybe. Isn't that what a good detective is? Isn't that what a good FBI agent is? They're intuitive, uh, but they call it they have a good sense. Or good business people, they have a good business sense. But this whole, like, you know, new agey shit from the 60s and the flower children, you know, it's like, oh, you know, psychic and intuition. And, you know, yeah, you know, I am, but so are a lot of people that I know. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm so special and different. I mean, yeah, we are all different, and we are all special. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, yes, we're all so special. <laughs> mm. 
I am so thirsty. I don't know what I ate tonight that was so salty. But just some chicken and um, roasted chicken and some roasted eggplants. Um, but anyway, um, let's see. Oh, my God, this is just awful. We continue to watch for selfishness. Here we go again. So it's like this hammer, you know, of like, we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God, I want to remove them. Okay, we do, like it's some kind of like magic pill. We're like, okay, God, please remove it. Oh, look, I'm thinking that way. Oh, can you remove it? We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we had harmed anybody. And then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of the code. Oh, my God, let me just throw up here. Like, just throw the fuck up. It's such bullshit, okay? Like, this this little pod, this little tiny paragraph is the essence of gaslighting in, in, in yourself. Never mind someone else doing it to you, but if other people do it, like, well, you know, if you just did your steps, you know, just stop drink, just don't drink and go to meetings. Like, put on a mask and stay home. Put on a mask and stay home. You know, it reminds me, <laughs> I'm so like, uh, I can't stand it, you know, uh, when I hear that, when when people first started to say it, and they commercials, you know, they made. Why would you make a commercial during a pandemic to do that? If you like brainwash people, but the way that people say it, the way that people acted out, reminded me very much like AA. Really reminded me like that. And so this paragraph of like constantly looking at yourself as being selfish, and I'm always dishonest and resentment. And for, you know, actually, I wasn't. Right, I wasn't. And um, the things that I was really angry about, I had good reason to be angry about, and I did do rage work, but the rage wasn't, um, you know, founded on something that I shouldn't have been angry about, right? I had good reason to be angry, especially with children who have been abused or anyone who's been abused, that that anger is really healthy and it's really normal. And that thing in this book where it says anger is, you know, for the special person, and we're not allowed to be angry because we're alcoholics, and oh my God, if I get angry, and you know, uh, Kevin and I, we, it's like, by the time you leave AA, whether it's 20 years, or 35 years, or 10 years, or 2 years, I looked at these people and I said, you're the most fucking angry group of people I have ever seen on the planet. Oh, except for the summer, you know, when we saw with like protests and riots, that was an angry mob too, but you know, it <laughs> may be a good reason to be angry, but I mean, what happens in AA is that people just, uh, they get angrier and angrier as they stay sober. They become more uptight and more uptight. And I think some of them actually become sicker. And um, all right, so um, here we go. Here we go. Here's the line that people love to gaslight or shut people down with. We have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned, and we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we find this has happened automatically. Oh, my, my, let's have some tea now. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but anyway... It just comes just like that. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe, and protected. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe, and protected. Okay, I read it the wrong way. Um, we have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem had been removed. It doesn't exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. This is our experience. This is how we react so long as we keep fit spiritual condition. Now, let me just say this. I did quit, but I certainly did not belong in AA. That's what I think. I think I definitely had some problematic drinking years, and I quit on my own. I wind up going to a meeting two weeks later because I meet this guy on the beach, and I was already, like, sober, and I didn't want to drink, and I, it was not. it was effortless. And it was easy. I didn't have to think about it. Um, and so, but when you when you actually see a person who is really addicted to alcohol or to drugs, you go, "Oh my God, that was never me." Hmm? Plus, I was a teenager. I was a teenager. So, 
I think it's um oh what'd you say the rage holics yeah yeah um that lost my train of thought I gotta put my glasses back on so oh I was talking about um the cease fighting anything or anyone even alcohol but people that both Kevin oh my god I there's like people that both Kevin and I know be like, well, you know, we cease fighting everything and anyone, you know, we don't fight, you know, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, how would a protest ever happen? You know, it's like, oh, maybe you don't want protests to happen. The funny thing is that the government, the people that got into government, and I, you know, I didn't realize this when I was in AA, but when I left, I did find out how many government officials were in AA. You know, they run, they ran on that platform, you know, uh, governor of, Texas, um, the mayor of Boston, a bunch of people, right? He was, was it Hughes, Howard Hughes. I think he was a senator. Um, and he brought AA to Washington, D.C. and was like hammering, hammering, hammering them. It's a disease. It's a spiritual disease, you know, coupled with a mental obsession. And I think I'd better be drunk right now. I don't know what's happening to me while I'm talking like this, but, you know, you watch all that stuff on TV. And uh, anyway, sorry, guys. I'm losing my mind with the, with the reading of this because I've done this. Look, I sat in, you know, uh, big book studies for a good part of my years in AA. Um, not all. Like, eventually I was like, okay, this is really horrible. <laughs> I'm not coming back here to these stupid big book studies. <laughs> but... You know, the periods, thank God when I had my kids, I really backed off of AA meetings. Like, I really backed off. I did not go to normal meetings. For, you know, a couple of, for years I went to private meetings in people's homes where there were like 10 or 12 people. But um, the government, anyone who read this would go, oh, wow, this is really like keep the American people docile, you know, to think they have ceased fighting anything or anyone. Well, maybe the unrestlessness that we've seen, you know, throughout this entire year with COVID and people protesting and of all sorts, that we can see that maybe AA, uh, you know, doesn't have this the hold on our society anymore that Hollywood likes to promote. And, you know, it's pretty sad that um, last year, not this year, the year before, 2019, I think there were like three movies that have like stepper shit in them. Like, it's just like one big fucking stepper story. It's like, ah, I wouldn't even go and see a Star is Born gag with Bradley Cooper. I mean, please. I have a friend who went and she said she could hardly sit there. You know, she's like make, yelling at the screen and everything. Um, <laughs> it's just, I should finish this. Um, let me see, where did I stop? It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do this, though, for alcohol is a subtle foe, a subtle foe. Mm. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must march into... Oh, wait, it doesn't say that. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities... How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mind be done. Once again, I feel like I'm in a Charlton Heston movie. You know, he's up on the mountain. He's like, he's you know, he's swaddled in the the white little, you know, what do you call those, the, the tongas? <laughs> what are they called? <laughs> and he's got like a, you know, a stick. He's got a, the stick right there in his hand. And like it's lightning and the thunder and the God is coming down and he cracks the whip and everything. Okay. <laughs> it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. Rest on our laurels. People say, "Well, you're resting on your laurels, Monica. What's going on with you? You know, we're headed for trouble if we do." For alcohol is a subtle foe. Now, the thing I want to say about alcohol is I respect it, right? And so when I left, I don't think alcohol should be like um, taken for granted that one could handle it after drinking for however long it is for you you're out there when you leave some people choose to remain abstinent which i you know i think that's great and whatever somebody thinks is right for them i have to respect that 
But for me, 36 years, 37 years was plenty, okay? I was so fucking sick of drinking water and tea and, you know, um, things like that. So uh, I think that it should be respected. That's all. That alcohol um, is not, uh, it is a beverage. And I, I like to fight people. It's a drug. Alcohol is a drug. You know, and I'm like, it's not a drug. It's a beverage. And if you abuse it, and uh, then it has a drugging effects, right? Make you tired and fall asleep. Some people love it, and some people, you get a buzz from it, you get drunk from it, you can have a good time with it, um, you can get more social with it. It's it's definitely a, a social elixir. I certainly le- learned how to socialize without it. But I'll tell you what, if you think that you're not judgmental, when you leave AA and you either don't drink. So for me, I was in the middle. I had left AA and I still hadn't anything to drink. And I went to, I think it was the Emmys. I swear, I think I went to the Emmys and I still wasn't not having a drink. Oh my God, I wished I would have. <laughs> I remember feeling really, um, really odd and um, like I didn't belong in either world. And I do believe I've spoken about this on the show before. And uh, it was really a bad feeling. It was like, oh my God, I, I don't belong in the real world and I don't belong in AA. And now I'm really a freak, you know. And now I'm really alone. And I wasn't alone. I surely wasn't alone. But um, anyway, uh, call in to 818-475-9211. Thank you for the show. Um, I mean, thank you. I'm talking to Kadripa now, who is coming to us from... I know you told me. No, it's not Romania, right? But it's in eastern... Eastern Europe. My some of my family is from Czechoslovakia originally, and I found out that some of them are from Hungary. My mom did the 23andMe test, and uh, I have a quite a few things in me, but Eastern European is one of them for sure. Um, very feisty people there. I love that about them. It's great. Uh, okay, so I went off on my little reading tangent, and the daily reprieve. Oh my God. So it's kind of interesting. I really, like, clung to that when I got into AA. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Wow, what a chain around one's neck that is. So I really didn't have a daily reprieve when I quit. I quit. I quit for life. Oh, you're from Tallinn, Estonia. Wow, how cool is that, that we hear, we're communicating from somebody in Estonia to Los Angeles. I'm sure your world is more interesting than here. I want to visit Prague and go to Romania and places like that when this thing is all over. Um, Are you on Facebook, Kredrima? You could join the group um, on Facebook if you're on Facebook. And I also just joined MeWe. I created a group there because... God, I have 90 seconds. I've been talking this much. All right, let me finish up. Okay, so um, every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. Wow, i got to become a priest, huh? How can I best serve thee? Oh, my God. Um, you know, it's really a problem. So, you know, there's the kind of people that actually do need to get out of themselves, and they're kind of really egocentric, and, like, some of this would be really helpful. But then there's people who already are, like, do too much and they don't know how to take care of themselves, yeah, that needs to change. So, um, Then we, when we retire at night, we constructively review our day, and they want to know, again, are we resentful and selfish and dishonest and afraid, and do we owe anybody an apology, and have we ca- La, 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 oh, my God. So I'm not going to be able to finish it. I'm almost done. It's saying I have 40 seconds left, but I'm sure I could finish it. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to keep going. I don't know if it's going to drop. It, it might drop off and you won't hear me. And, Kevin, you're there to witness this. But last time what happened when Valerie called in from London, even though people couldn't hear her anymore, it was recording. So I'm just going to keep going and finish this off. Um, okay, so have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed? Boy, this would make people OCD after a while. Um, what could we have done better? And you know, where we're thinking about ourselves all the time. Oh, my God, what's wrong with this dude? Who walks around thinking about yourself all the time? On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day before we begin. We ask God to direct our thinking, especially after being divorced from self-pity, a dishonest or self-seeking motives. So you go to bed 
you know, drumming this shit into your head and you wake up in the morning and drumming more shit into your head. And, you know, I actually did this. I didn't do it. Um, and then I started to do it. And I actually thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown um, when I was turning about a year sober and turning 19 years old. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, intuitive thought or decision. Now, that's not a bad a bad go where, you know, if you're unsure of stuff and you want to kind of like bring it to God, so to speak, even people who don't believe in God, you're just trying to take a moment to see, you know, what is it that you want to do? Relax, take it easy, don't struggle. The answers will come. That's true. Okay, that's, you know, is used from many, many religions or many just practices of, you know, how to handle indecision. Um, there's other ways, too, where you could write down, you know, some things to help you. Um We usually conclude this period with meditation and a prayer. Okay. You know, I have never seen some of this. Like I said, I've done, I've torn up this book at least eight times. And I have never seen the level of self-deprecating. Is that the word, Kevin? <laughs> we usually conclude this period of meditation, blah, blah, blah. Again, he's not even like one page over. And it's the third time he's repeating himself. We ask to be free from self-will and Make no requests for ourselves. And, oh, God, you can't pray for... I mean, even freaking Catholics, you know, listen, you stupid fucking asshole. You know, you can't pray for yourself. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. He's just so selfless, Bill, isn't he? What a shit. Oh, my. It's just disgusting. To me, it's really freedom from will and careful not to make any requests for ourselves. We were, We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. Oh, really? I want to get in this school and others are going to be helped by that? I don't think so. Okay. We're careful to never, never, <laughs> he says, to pray for our own selfish ends. And many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that and it doesn't work. I mean, how dare they? How dare him? We ask, especially for freedom. Um, you can't ask any requests for yourself. <laughs> what a fucking douchebag. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Um, as we go through the day, we pause, when, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. I'll be saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done, thy will be done. What the fuck? Are you like a monk? Is this person like a monk? We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, and self-pity and foolish decisions. No, you're not. That is absolutely not true. It's not true. Phil replies, you know, this is really, really bad. This, this is an awful chapter. I have so many highlights here. You know, if I could show you in, in a picture how brainwashed I was. But fortunately, and I did regret it for those listening who, you know, are going through that early stage when you first leave, how awful you feel um, about the time you're wasted and the regret of the years, if it was years. It does go away. That regret leaves. And... um and somehow you manage to get through it. Is it that I do these shows or that I've helped other people, I think, leave or find their way out and know they're not alone? Maybe. But um, I do love you guys. And I have some new shows coming up. I'm going to do a show next week and the week after. Uh, I think I put some shows out. One about sponsorship. Um, one about war on drugs. Uh, how does it compare to the war on COVID? Um one of them is on the history of AA, and I might get the historian to join me. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining me. And, oh, you're under Kadri, okay, name under in-programming group. Oh, okay, great, so you're in that group. And then there's a leaving AA, just simple leaving A, but the programming is enough. That's a good group. Thank you for joining me, Kadrima. Thank you for joining me, Kevin. And I will uh, see you all next week. And... Again, I am Monica Richardson. This is Safe Recovery on Blog Talk Radio. It can also be found on iTunes for free or wherever else podcasts are found. All right, everybody. Good night. Love you. Be well. And let's get through this. Let's get through this. All right. You notice I didn't say together. 
I mean, because we're, we're not all in this together. I mean, we can work better together. We can work better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this up with this, because I think this is super important. That if you came from a cult and you heard this, oh, we're all in this together. No, you know, if the government's not paying everybody's bills, we're not all in this together. But we can together, each of us work towards being more humane towards each other and not being so critical of each other and being able to listen to opposite sides. Super, super important, I think. But when I, we can we can get through this. And um, I decided to do shows again only after I went to Hawaii. I just was there four days. But it was just the right medicine. Hawaii is so rejuvenating and so healing for me. Those years that I lived there, I lived there for eight years. It's a magical place. It's a beautiful place. And, um, oh, my husband, he sent me some text. Let's see what he said. Let's see what Kevin said. Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do. I thought I did too, but I only did um, an hour, and I've gone over but I think it's going to record it. So once again, guys, I'll see you next week. And I do think that the next show, there's one that I'm allowing it for to be an hour and a half. But for it to be an hour and a half, I think we have to have people calling in. And um, I will plan that. See you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.